What's up, everybody? Pat here, and welcome to episode 1,159 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today, we're talking with Aaron LeBauer, who is a physical therapist who teaches other physical therapists, right? This was his profession. Now he's helping others do it and become more efficient with it and whatnot. And we do discuss about a lot of things related to becoming more efficient in the business, monetizing the business better, as well as potentially how might one create a virtual event, right? As we all know, I mean, here in early 2021, at the time of this recording, the pandemic, it's still going on. People are still not able to go out to real in-person conferences. So virtual conferences have become the answer, at least for right now. And it's always been around, but even more so now, it's important than ever to think about it, at least. And Aaron wants to think about it and discuss it as well. So we're gonna talk about those things and more today in this episode. Thanks, sit back, relax. Here is Aaron LeBauer. Here we go. Hey, Aaron, what's up? Welcome to Ask Pat. Thanks for being here, my friend. Hey, Pat, thanks for having me on the show. I'm honored to be here. Oh, I appreciate it. And I'm excited to dig in. So why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, I'm, I've got a couple different hats that I wear. Um, a husband and a father, but uh, number one thing I do is I'm a physical therapist who helps other passionate physical therapists scale their time, income, and impact. Cool. So you're a PT that helps other PTs. Mm-hmm. Love it. Where can we go find more about your business? Like where's the URL and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, the number one place is AaronLeBauer.com. And that's A-A-R-O-N-L-E-B with a, like a boy, A-U-E-R. Very cool. How long have you been online doing that? I've been doing that for about seven, eight years. I've owned a business for about a little over 20 years, 21 years. Uh, I started as a massage therapist, then I became a physical therapist. And then I realized no one was going to employ me to do what I wanted to do as a physical therapist. So I had to start my own business. And I did it without insurance companies, which everyone thought was crazy. And then I started sharing how I did it. And now I'm a business coach. So That's cool. So, so coaching is a part of your business model now. Are there any other things that are helping to run the business and generate an income? Yes, there's a couple different ones. So I've, I've got a clinic and so that's mostly patient care, a little bit of retail sales. And I have a my coaching business where I have a mastermind program, I have a online course and I have a couple other products and services. And I have a, one of my first downloads that I put out seven years ago and didn't expect to continue, continue selling, sold 105 of them, no, 125 of them last year without trying. So, you know, I've got a lot of moving parts, but the number one thing is, is I want to help inspire other people to do what they've been meant to do and own a business and become unemployable, that's awesome. you know? That's awesome, man. I love it. As far as the clinic, is that, that's still run in person and you're seeing people sort of in real time? Yeah. And the funny thing is, is COVID's had the biggest impact on that than anything else. And I spend about, you know, prior to this year, I'd spend about two to three hours in that business. This year, I've spent like more time this year than the prior five years. And it pretty much runs on its own. And we're really kind of waiting for people to get comfortable, like taking care of themselves again, rather than worried about everything that's been going on in the world. And uh, I have another physical therapist works for me, a clinic uh, manager, and myself and my wife who own it. And we've been therapists, but uh, are pretty much out of the business now. Cool. Awesome. So it sounds like things are moving. So where where can I help? What's What's on your mind? I think the number one thing that I'd love to get your input on was there's a lot of things that rely on Aaron LeBauer to generate revenue. So we've got the clinic and a little bit like I've got that so that I'm not treating patients. We've got the coaching business, but I run the mastermind group and it requires me and I've got staff and systems. 
what I'd like to know and what I'm trying to figure out is what's the alternate parallel service or product or some kind of continuity service or product that come out of my brain is something that my customers need, but doesn't require me to show up every day to deliver the product and service. Does that make sense what I'm talking about? Yeah, Yeah. totally, totally. So we're talking about scaling the business, but not necessarily overloading you or Mm -hmm. adding more to it. But essentially, we want to remove you from those processes as much as possible. There's a few things that come to mind that relate to this. There was a person who I interviewed once, his name is Brian Castle, and he had a business actually that he was a web design agent. Mm -hmm. And so every client that came in, he had to come in and, and like, like go very specific with each and every individual. And it just took so much time. And of course he charged for that, but it was a lot of his time. So instead what he noticed was that there were a few specific kinds of clients that kept coming to him. For example, restaurants. And there was another couple other niches that would come over. And instead of going deep with each and every individual, he went deep into that niche and said, okay, here's what this niche needs. So people who have a restaurant, here are the three things that you can get from me. And they're already halfway built. I just need to add your stuff on top of it and and you can get it much sooner. And I'm not even involved in the process because the team does most of the work to fill in those gaps, right? And here's the solution for this and here's the solution for this. So he has now a business called Productize where it's mm-hmm. taking the service-based thing that you have and perhaps productizing it. And I want to know what that sparks for you potentially. That's interesting because one of the things that I've noticed is uh, when I'm teaching people how to run their business, you know, it's to teach them how to do email marketing because that's been really effective for me. But it's the technology or that big hump of getting started that I get seems to be getting a lot of people. And so one of the things that I do is I teach people how to do it. And an idea I've had recently was, well, what if we get people started on it? So, you know, we use Active Campaign and a bunch of other systems, but they have a, a system where you can white label it. I can load in my emails and get people started and hand it off to them. I was thinking about something like that. Is that something similar to what you're saying, where I take this thing that I usually teach, but I can make it into a product, then sell it as a service, and we preload it, and they kind of run with it? Yes, either that or or even as an add-on, because Mm -hmm. let me know if this is true. That's going to save them time, and it's going to save you time, right? Mm -hmm. And that is something you could either charge for or just know that that's baked into the thing so that you aren't banked to the thing anymore. And that's just one example. I mean, email marketing is just one small component of a much larger whole. And there's likely other things that are involved with that from accounting and finances that could be taken care by, you know, a system or software and or another person. That, that's the other thing about this is like a good exercise to do. And we're not going to have time to do this today. So you might want to do this later is to like map out all the things where you have a hand in right now mm-hmm. that cannot happen unless Aaron is involved in them. And then you start to prioritize them. Okay, which actually of these things do require me and only me and nobody else can do it. And you're probably going to find out that a very few amount of those things are actually true. And I found out the same thing in 2014 when I was mapping out the exact same thing. And then I started to get comfortable with either not doing those things anymore at all, because sometimes you map these things out and you're like, okay, I don't even like, why is this even here? Right? So that, that I can remove that. That's case number one. Case number two is, okay, why am I even working on this? There's a software that does this for me or for them, kind of like what we just talked about. Okay, so that's solved. And then number three would be, well, a human still has to be involved, but that human doesn't have to be me. Mm -hmm. And so might there be somebody on the team that I could recruit or somebody that perhaps we can hire and invest in to take care of that for them? And then of course, fourth tier is, okay, this is mine and I have to do this. And that way you can stay in your zone of genius. You can enjoy things more and you're not, it's not wasting time, but you're just not allocating your time in places your time shouldn't be right. spent. 
Right. Absolutely. What are some of the systems that you've set up like that that have been the most valuable to you, which were easier? So easy for you, you didn't like looking back, you're like, wow, that was easy. I should have done that first. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was number one, handing off email and answering inquiries and stuff, 98% of the emails that come in, I don't even need to see ever. And that that removed hours of time. Another thing that helped was finding somebody and getting comfortable. And part of it's a mental thing. Some of the stuff you're gonna have to like take a leap a little bit and let go of, even though you don't want to. If you know you have to, then that'll help. But if you wanna be the CEO of your company, the CEO of of the company is probably not gonna do some of the stuff that you actually do have a hand in and that could often be handed off to somebody else. But editing my podcast and getting involved in that, I'm completely hands-off now. When it comes to the community, like at SPI Pro, you know, it's actually being managed mostly by my team by now. And I do pop in every once in a while, but it's growing and thriving. When I thought initially, when I wanted to create a community that I would have to be in there every day for five hours, replying to every single comment, the team's doing most of that for me. So that's an example of humans kind of stepping up to sort of have people feel like they're being responded to and listened to, which they are. And then I come in at every once in a while. I'm not gone, but you know, twice a month I do an ask me anything and then a challenge that I lead. This month I'm leading the book club in there. So my time is still spent, but it's spent in containers within that, not across the whole board because the team is managing some of those other things. So those are just a few examples. And that, that's a great question. Another example of scaling up is to go from one to one to one to many, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you are doing one-on-one client work, perhaps instead of one-on-one client work, there is one to many, those many being a certain type of people who have a very specific set of problems. And yeah, maybe you you do still need to show up. But instead of 30 calls, you're doing one call to 30 people and then can field questions afterwards that do pertain to each of them, but likely you're able to answer most of those people's questions versus individually answering right. most of those people's questions. Right. Yeah, I've, I've got that. So that's what I'm doing with my mastermind group is we do group calls and group retreats. And that's working really well. And that's where I've seen there. I know that they're, you know, whether they're with me for a year or two or three or, you know, more or less, but most of them aren't be with me forever. My idea is, is how can I, I want like this, this service product or service that I can create that's helpful for people when we're working together and, beyond that so that because I know they have other needs other than hanging out with me all day long. <laughs> but you know, so I've I've scaled that part where I've scaled the coaching part and I'm trying to figure yeah, out that's good. what's that piece I can do. I still need to be present, you know, three times a month uh, on a group call and three times a year. Like what's that next thing? And so, you know, I've seen a lot of people with these products, whether it's like a, you know, recruit like, you know, vitamins, nutrients and supplements, which I'm not necessarily going to sell, but that or some kind of app or something like that. I'm just trying to figure out like what that is and whether it's worth my time or not. It's just in my head. And so that thing that's landed for me was what's the number one problem for people in getting over the hump in marketing. And and I agree with you. I think it's outsourcing this stuff to other people too. So I've got a good team member to help me with that. Is there any pitfalls that you can think of for, you know, let's say I create something like that, like that I should look out for? Yeah. I mean, Hiring other people is a big step, right? And and the cool thing about that is when you help your clients learn how to do that, I mean, you're literally changing their lives. You're helping them, just like I'm helping you right now, get more time back, be able to focus more and spend their time where they should be. So there's a huge why here. And that's the most important thing that you know the why, you know what this can unlock for people because that's that's what you're selling. You're not selling the fact that they're going to build a team. That's just the means to what it is that you're actually selling, which is more time and less stress and all that sort of stuff. 
So the worry would be, in my opinion, like just consider all the other questions that they're going to have once you pitch this and you talk about it. It's like, okay, well, where do I find these people? Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's like, okay, I got to be able to answer that question. So you better have a good recommendation, right? And, and, and that way they're not left hanging or go into something and then regret it because they hired the wrong person. So by considering what questions they're going to ask, you're able to sort of have those answers ready for them. And I think that what you could potentially do is experiment with something, maybe take one or two of your students and just go, hey guys, like you guys have been star students. I wanted to give you in some insight on some stuff that I'm thinking of doing. I'm not sure if it's going to work yet, but if you're up to it, I'd love to help you hire some team members, but mm -hmm. we can be open and honest with each other along the way. If it's not working for you, you let me know and I'm going to go extra hard to make sure it is going to work for you. And that way for everybody else, we can kind of together create something that, that works and you get a little bit of additional access to me along the way. And that way you're actually not guessing. You're actually kind of in real time making this thing with somebody who is actually a part of your client base already. Right. Awesome. So like a, like a beta program, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, we're thinking about doing this. If you're interested, you know, we'll work together with you on creating this kind of thing. Yes, exactly. And, and it could be a, a public beta where mm -hmm. you announce this and you just get five really excited people to invest in it at a much cheaper price to work with you for four weeks to make this happen. That way you see the idea that this thing is coming out and people who are like, Oh, I don't know. We'll see if it works first. Then they get these testimonials from these people who you did work with. They're stoked on it. And then now they're in. Or you work with the five people and it's just like not working out. At least it was contained. But then you can just let people know, you know, we tried this. It didn't work, but I'm always here to help you. Mm -hmm. Here's the next thing we're going to try. A little bit risky because if it doesn't work, it might be like, well, hey, like it's sort of backtracking a little bit. But you could also do it private. Like I said, you can reach out to a few of your students and go, hey, you know, I, I, I want to give you something special and, and take you in on something that I'm doing. And if it works, awesome. If not, just know that it might not, but I'd love to work with you in this. And then then it does work. And then you can announce with people, hey, guys, for the last four weeks, I've taken a few of our students here and here's what they unlocked for themselves. And here's where they're at now. And if this is something you're interested in, you know, I've developed a way to share this with you in a way that's not going to have you spend hours on a call with me. It's already there because I've already had these calls, right? You can almost kind of record these things with those beta students and that essentially creates this service right. or course too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's really awesome. That's a great idea. One thing that we're doing mm -hmm. at SPI, because we have our courses, right? And, and, and our most prominent course is our podcasting course. Something we're trying this year, and by the time people are listening to this, it would have already gone down. So it'd be interesting to kind of see how it went. But in addition to launching our courses, we are offering what's called a bootcamp. Mm -hmm. For anybody who wants direct access to my team and I, to go a little bit further and have more of a X week structure to learning that stuff versus here's the online course go. Some people like working in that case, but other people need some guidance and help. And it's obviously going to be a little bit more expensive. But in fact, it's not going to take that much more additional time from me. A lot of my team, they're coaches and they're going to be great at motivating and keeping people going through and holding people accountable. And again, this is another example of some of my team members kind of stepping up to directly help people in a way that's going to help us make more money, but also help people actually get the result faster and better. So that's scaling the outcome mm -hmm. without necessarily scaling me. Oh, right. With your team members, is there certain things that, you know, I'm assuming they're mostly virtual these days, but probably were before. Is there a way that you're helping motivate them and also compensate them that maybe is a little different or unique? just based on having, not having like a, you know, we don't have like traditional 
businesses where we're in like an office building and cubicles, right? You know, is there anything that you're doing that's unique to help, you know, keep people motivated and moving forward and crushing it? Yeah, I mean, that in and of itself, the fact that we're not in an office, the way we framed it is that is a reward that the fact that you have the freedom to work wherever you want, as long as you get your work done, we don't care where you do it. And if you get 40 hours of work done in 32 hours, then great, take the rest of the time off, like just get the work done. And that's pretty cool. But in terms of motivation, they're very much mission driven like I am. So they have the reason to move forward. And that's for the audience. Like they're very much and they were hired for that as well. They they knew how important the audience was to me and every team member that's on cares just as much if not more than I do. And and then also there we I mean, we do offer you know, raises and there's performance reviews and things like that within the team. I have my chief operating officer, the one sort of in charge of, of most of those things. So I'm not even sitting in on those conversations often. It's my integrator, Matt, who's doing most of that work and, and, and really the liaison for the team and communication and whatnot. And then, you know, one thing that's really important and something that we're actually doing more of this year is like we have meetings on the leadership team and we call out those who are in the team who've done really excellent work. And our goal this year is to reach out to those people individually on our team more often because I've been doing that before, but to do it even more purposefully, I think just sometimes, and I remember when I was at work in in our architecture firm, I just wanted to thank you. I just wanted recognition, you know, and that that is oftentimes more valuable emotionally than a small bonus at the end of the year or, or, or what have you, right? Yeah, no, that's so important. Giving someone recognition is really awesome. You know, it, it feels really good. And I, I, you know, I don't get it as much being the head, <laughs> you know, I got it, right, right. you know, occasionally, I mean, I'll get it from people who I've helped, but you know, it's not like someone's saying good job, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. other thing that's, that's been really, really good with the team is to literally give them responsibility. Mm. Like, Hey, this is your thing. Like you own this and this is why it's important. You get to be the final decision maker there. So long as it fulfills the captain's orders, I don't care how you do it, this is yours. And what happens is it's not as much intimidation versus inspiration for them to go forward and actually create something amazing. And all the team members with the things that they are involved in, like we'll get to a point sometimes where some of them create PowerPoint presentations to pitch an idea to us because they they believe in it so much Mm -hmm. because it came from them, right? Versus just doing what I tell them. It's like, here are the orders, you make the plan. Wow, that's so powerful. And then they feel more connected, they feel more tied into it. They, they, they'll they often work overtime to make sure those things are, are better, even though we don't want them to. It's it's pretty cool. That's cool. I just I had to type that out. It's like, basically, you said, like, here are the orders, you make the plan. It's like, are you saying, like, here's the result I want, you figure out how we're going to get there? It, exactly. I'm trying to remember the exact story, but I think it was, somebody was talking about there was like a a war back in the day and there was a company who was trying to infiltrate this this base or something or I I don't remember the exact story but they had plans like okay here are the 10 steps to infiltrate this thing and all the time they would do this it would like fail they would get to like step three and it would just fall apart and of course the plan is only as good as you know the things going the exact way you want it to and it never does versus the general started to say you know what forget the plan this is the goal I don't care how you get there, just get there. And all the people under him would then feel more motivated because they would have the responsibility of making the plan versus, okay, let's just do these 10 things the general said to do, right? So that's that's essentially it. And, and more ownership is involved, more connection, more inspiration, motivation when that, when that, when that happens. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. I can see how I can 
apply that because I think you know, I've I've done that by default a couple of times. We're like, hey, I want this to happen. Can you do it? And it's just like people will show up and my team members say, hey, let's do it like this. Like, great idea. And it's yeah. like, I think I need to do more of that more intentionally because it sounds, it's very empowering because I've had jobs yeah. where people just, you know, micromanage you and take the power out of you. And you're like, I'm just going right. to do what you say. <laughs> like Aaron, imagine if you went to one of your team members just personally and you were just like, hey, you know, Jesse, I didn't know who else to go to for this because I need some help, right? Here's what we're trying to do. and I think that you're somebody who could come up with a great solution for it. Do you think you'd be able to do that? Oh my gosh, like that just gives me goosebumps thinking about it from somebody who perhaps has just been, and I'm not saying anything about the way you you have your workers work, but like oftentimes we feel like we're just doing the tasks. But now I have a mission. Now I have a mission. I've been given the wand or the command stick for a while. So yeah, 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 do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great insight. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And I think that'll help support a lot of these other things that, that we have been talking about. So as we wrap up here, what else uh, seems to be still on your mind? Yeah, I think the number one thing I'd love to know is, you know, for you, like, like, where do you see like happening? What are the big opportunities, you know, in 2021? Not just for you, not for you or for me, but like, what are the problems people are starting to have that we need to th- think differently about? You know, is it because it's not just about getting online because people have so much zoom fatigue or you know fatigue of being online right now it's like do you see like i'd love it to know like where you see whether from what i've shared some opportunities for me that i'm not seeing or you see some opportunities you know kind of in the world that or in the in our country where where i can be focusing or even other people listening should be focusing yeah i mean for me the big word is community we're starving right now because we can't go out and be in these places where we would normally see our friends and people and other, you know, we can't go to conferences anymore. And yes, everything is online still, but it's just doesn't feel the same. So the big question would be, how do we get people to connect with one another so that they feel like they still belong to something? Because I think a lot of us feel like just we're lost, even though we are connected to people online. It's just like, we don't have that anymore. So how might we create whether it's a membership community or some spot online or, or some sort of thing, maybe even outside of business-specific stuff, but just for people-to-people connection, that'll help us feel good again. And, you know, it doesn't seem like, at least in the US and Europe and other places, it doesn't seem like we're going to get out of this for a while now. And if people haven't hit fatigue already from this, they're going to, you know? So that's really interesting. There's been this movement of sort of nostalgia as well that I think is really interesting. I've seen it in a lot of collectibles. So I don't know if that necessarily relates to what we're doing in business. But I think, again, it just is a sign that people are looking for comfort. Mm-hmm. And so how how can we make people feel comfortable? And this definitely speaks to, okay, if we're going to be marketing stuff and asking people to pay for money for things, how do we get them comfortable doing that? When a lot of us are sort of in this space of just unknown right now. And I think that's the big, that's the big sort of puzzle piece is how do we get people to feel comfortable with this despite not knowing where necessarily things are going? And that can happen. And especially when you have trust and you build a relationship, of course, and there's proof, that's sort of just riffing off the top of my head on on things that are happening now. That's awesome. So that's, that's great because I have a uh, live event coming up and last year it was in person and eight days before we moved it to virtual because of COVID. And this year we're going to do it virtual. I'm going to do a two day live event and I've done webinars for a few years. So I've got a couple ideas in my head, but I'd love to know what you think are the one or two things 
that uh, should be doing to create that feeling of community, belonging, and connection um, when we're doing a virtual event. Yeah, I think if there was a possibility for people to get to see and know each other beforehand, that would be great. Sort of a pre-event thing, that's one of the things that makes live events great is the night before. Everybody's in the hallways registering and, and they get to know each other. Sometimes when we just go on a live call, it's like, oh, presentation <laughs> mode like already, right? So how do we, how do we sort of ramp up to the point where now it's now it's an event and i think also you know having some hallway time in some way shape or form again it's the hallways in between the talks where people get to know each other to take the press and stuff would be interesting and i think that also like there's room for anybody to be creative with some of this stuff i've seen a lot of other events get really creative with how they manage the chat and how they interact and you know try to have some sense of community and togetherness and interaction and engagement even though we're so far removed now. So it, it is a challenge for sure. It's not what we want, but it's the cards we're dealt with right now. And I think that's a very smart question to ask. And I think the other thing you can do is just perhaps see and maybe follow some tweets about events that are happening online as they're happening to see what people are talking about, about what they like, what they don't like, and perhaps read some reviews of other events that have happened to kind of mm -hmm. get some insight and inspiration for what you could do too. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Are you guys doing something like that this year or... You know, FlynnCon was delayed last year because of COVID. It's likely going to be a case where I'm not even able to do it anymore this year yeah. either. So I'm I'm at least at this part in time very much struggling for what do we do? Do we do this virtual? Even though FlynnCon is the way FlynnCon was built and what it was for couldn't happen in a virtual manner. Mm -hmm. It's why we have an hour presentation and, and then a three hour break before the next presentation is because of that interaction and getting direct access to ConvertKit, getting direct access to Teachable. That can't happen. It's a different event. So I might put something on, but it's a struggle. It's a struggle. So I'm, I'm, I don't have it all figured out either. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's because I've, I've attended a few different ones and like, I see some things I like and, you know, I just figured like, I know you've put on that event and it's an amazing event. So to have your insights is really valuable. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm sure I'm going to publicly share more stuff along the way on the podcast and whatnot. But anyway, Aaron, this has been really great. Thank you for being vulnerable, for being open and sharing. I think that we can all tell that your heart's in the right place with exactly what you want to achieve. You're already doing a lot of things right. And hopefully this conversation has helped inspire you to sort of, you know, take it to the next space and, and you know, in this environment, you know, take yourself out of it, but put more into it as well at the same time. So I, I, I like that approach. And uh, one more time, Aaron, where can people go and, and check you out? Yeah, the best place to find me is AaronLebauer.com or even over on Instagram at AaronLebauer. So it's A-A-R-O-N, I got two A's, and it's L-E-B as in boy, A-U-E-R.com. Cool. Thanks, Aaron. We appreciate you. Well done, and, and we'll chat soon. And thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Keep rocking. All right, I hope you enjoyed that coaching call with Aaron LeBauer. You can, again, find him at just his name, A-A-R-O-N, L-E-B-A-U-E-R.com. And if you know anybody who happens to be a physical therapist who might want to learn more from Aaron, just check him out there at his .com. And Aaron, thank you again for coming in today. We talked about a lot of different things, which is great. And hopefully you, the listener, have pulled away at least one or two things that can help you in your business too. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this affects you. And I'm looking forward, forward, I don't know why I said it that way. I'm looking forward to potentially not just interviewing you, but coaching you as well. If you would like to get coached here on AskPat, just like Aaron did today, all you have to do is go to askpat.com, fill out the application, and you'll have a chance. I cannot pick everybody, but the truth is you'll not have any chance if you don't apply. So apply there, send us a little voice message about what you're going through and what we can help you with. I might reach back out to you sometime soon or maybe sometimes later, but it's not gonna happen unless you do it. So askpat.com is where you wanna go. You can also check out some of the other episodes there too. And if you're not yet subscribed to the show, 
what are you doing? We got so much great stuff coming your way, including even more of the fan favorites, which are the Where Are They Now episodes. We're a thousand and some odd episodes through, and we bring people back all the time to go, what have you implemented? What have you done? What's changed? What is working for you now? What didn't work from the advice I gave you? Right? Isn't that interesting? Because now you can fast forward your success by learning from others who are in it just like you. So make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already. I look forward to serving you next week and keep working not just hard, but smart. I'll see you soon. Cheers, take care, and as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.